This morning's devotional will be by Jonathan Green. Jonathan is a singularly gifted businessman who is known for ruling righteously in his business affairs. He and his wife, Suzanne, are extremely generous in the support of the kingdom of God. If Suzanne, you can wave over there. You'll see Jonathan soon. Although he's known for his business, he is one of the emerging apostles for this season in the world. He has deep insights into the things of God. Though he's typically a man of few words, he carries his words carry great weight. He's a person upon whom the favor of the Lord is very evident because of the righteousness of his dealings. We will hear much about this apostle in the future. So we would welcome Jonathan to come and share. Morning. Um, I speak in front of a lot of people uh, normally having to do with business matters. I'm kind of like Sam. I end up finding myself in just the oddest positions. And it becomes real obvious real quick that um, I'm in those positions because the Lord put me there because I have no business being there. But I always, I'm never nervous about it. And the reason I'm not nervous is because in business there aren't just a ton of absolutes. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of truth. Sorry. Um, there's a lot of opinion, and there's a lot of theories. But when I come and I stand in front of you all, uh, the mature, it has to all be truth. Because if it's not truth, hopefully one of you is going to call me on it and say, there isn't truth in what you're saying. I know Sam will. Um, <laughs> That's the beauty of having a spiritual father, having somebody that can stand up and, and speak into your life and say, I love you, but uh, the path you're going down is that there's not truth in that. Um, so that's one of the things that I've appreciated about my relationship with Sam. And I know um, all the fathers in the house and the sons um, share those, those same relationships. So one of the things I'll, you know, when, when you start talking to people, you want to tell some sort of uh, story that maybe everybody can relate to. So I was going to tell you guys, since this is a, de- a devotional, about devotionals that we do at our house. Um, I have three kids, 13, 11, and 5, and so every night we get together and do a, a, a quick devotional, and um, luckily my 5-year-old won't be too embarrassed about this. The, the other night we were um, doing our devotion. I don't remember what it was about, and um, when we finished... Suzanne, it had something to do with wisdom, and uh, Suzanne said, um, he who walks with the wise will grow wise, and Ezra looked at her and said, he who smelt it, dealt it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Proverbs come in many forms. <laughs> um, 
Um, when, when Sam asked me if, if I felt like there was something the Lord wanted me to uh, share with you all, I prayed about it and, and came back and, and told Sam, I, I do. I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about uh, the body. And, and when I say the body, that comes in two forms. Um, us individually as a body, our physical body, us as a member of the body of Christ. Um, so the second part being how we interact as part of the body of Christ. And there's two scriptures we're going to look at today. Um, one is 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 8 through 10, and the other is going to be Romans 12. And these are super common um, scriptures that you'll all know as we start to read them. So 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. <clears throat> Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. To me, it seems like this is a common place that, that the faithful find themselves in this season. As we've all been together and, and talking over the last few days, I'm, I haven't been able to attend a lot of the things, but Suzanne tells me that this seems to be something that everybody is feeling the way that Paul was describing when he was writing Corinthians. I'm sure if I ask for a show of hands, how many of you um, feel pressed on every side? How many of you feel perplexed, persecuted, struck down? There'd be a lot of hands that would be raised um, amongst all of us. And I think um, one of the important things that we get to do as part of the body is, is share our experience with each other. Um, so one of the things I'll do is I'll give you a little bit of my background and, and, and talk about the, the past season and the season that I, I feel like we're moving into as it relates to our physical, our personal body, and the body of Christ. So I'm going to tell you a story that if we, were, <laughs> if we were to compare suffering, mine would be minor compared to a lot of people in this room. Um, but it's important that we understand the people that we talk to and, and, and what they've been through so that we know what they can add because they've been through something that, that we haven't or, or something that we're going to go through. So brief version of, of my story. I was uh, born an only child um, to two perfectionist parents. Um, for the very few of you that have met either of my parents, um, they were they were quite the pair. Um, you were they made it very clear that you were just as good as your last accomplishment, um, and so with that comes um, self reliance, and uh, you have to perform, and you see a closed door and you push through it, and you you do what it takes to. Um, please the, the people around you. So, so that's kind of the, what I grew up in. The good thing is um, I, I grew up in the church. My parents were both believers to the extent that if the doors of the church were open, we were there. Uh, I mean, I was raised in the Assemblies of God Church. That'll mean something to some of you. Um, we, they didn't quite get the snakes out, but it was close. <laughs> and, um, but... But because of that, um, I knew about the Holy Spirit, and I knew what it meant to hear the Lord. 
Um, and in that season, it was probably the, the perfect place to be. Um, my mother, uh, I think it was the year Suzanne and I get, got married. We've been married 20, almost 21 years now. Um, I know I look young, but I had a child bride. Um, and uh, my mom uh, got cancer and, and had a battle of cancer for nine years, died when I was 30 years old. Um, and then my father, about eight months later, um, I didn't probably realize as much when I was a child how abusive he was. Um, but as I had children and a wife, it became very evident. But he had a massive stroke eight months after my mom died, and then I spent about six months caring for him. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that have cared for a parent, uh, you haven't lived till you've stood in a shower with your own parent and helped them bathe. Um, especially somebody that was abusive to you. But th- those are the times that you learn and that you, you grow and, and you learn what forgiveness is or you learn whatever it is that the Lord is teaching you so that you can then share with the rest of the body. Um, I think all the things that I just mentioned and, and I could go on, um, my my marriage at times over 20 years has been as close to divorce as it has been to redemption. Um, I'll take 99% of the responsibility for that. Um, I have a 13 year old daughter that was diagnosed with type one diabetes at six years old. And every night we pray that the Lord will protect her and that, um, she'll wake up the next morning. There's Many of you, I I can name at least three people in this room that have the same situation. Those are all old season things. I honestly believe that. Those are the things that um, were taking us to a mountain. And the Lord was saying, I'm going to be patient with you. And I'm going to let you walk around this mountain as many times as it takes for you to muster the faith of a mustard seed to move that mountain. And, and there was patience in that. And I can tell you because uh, 20 years into a marriage, I got it right. I think this new season that we're in, that patience doesn't exist. I think that the Lord is saying he is going to press on us. And we're going to either start getting it right quickly and choosing to take the measure of faith that we've been given. We'll talk about that in the next scripture. And we will move that mountain with the Lord's help. Or things are going to continue to get difficult. And and he's going to do what it takes to get our attention so that we become an effective member of the body of Christ. Um, here recently in this new season that we're in where it just feels like uh, there's a heaviness of just constant things pressing on us and at times it feels like there's no rhyme or reason to to what's going on i had something happen to me um i have a business with uh oh better part of a thousand employees in eight states um i Sometimes call it my adult daycare. And uh, that in itself, you know, can create 
um, or would have the potential of creating sleepless nights. I never have trouble sleeping, thank the Lord, but uh, it, it could. And there's days that you wake up and think, Lord, um, I, I know you didn't give me charge over these thousand people to just leave me swinging in the wind. You know, I mean, wh- what are we doing? Uh, what am I needing to learn? What am I missing? What is this for my benefit? Is this for their benefit? You know, what, what's going on? In the midst of all that, here in the last few weeks, um, we have a, a beautiful home that some of you are going to, um, the International Sons are going to be at tomorrow night. Um, we were planning this huge party to, to celebrate everybody being here, and our house flooded for the third time in a year. Um, so when you come, you'll get to see warped hardwood floors and, and one thing and another. And my, my wife and I were, <laughs> it was becoming so evident that we were at our wits end with business and the house and everything else that, um, I went and, uh, got in bed, uh, one night getting ready to leave the next day for another work trip. And, um, I had a note uh, on my pillow, <clears throat> I'm not a very emotional person. My, my wife's probably seen me cry twice, three, two, two or three times. Um, but this one, I will do my best to, to get through. Um, and you guys will understand, especially if, if you have children. So my 13-year-old daughter um, leaves me a note that says, uh, Dear Dad, thank you for uh, waking up at 5 every morning to go to work. She says, I'm so thankful that I have a dad like you who provides for me. I know you're stressed out about fixing the house. Remember, God will provide. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Philippians 4, 6. Remember this verse when you feel tired or worried. I love you. Love, Sissy. You know, you'll hear people say, out of the mouth of babes. Isn't that true? That um, my 13-year-old daughter had to... uh, bring back into perspective for me what this new season meant for all of us. Um, I think there's something in this scripture that we really need to understand the gravity of, and then I'm going to move on. Um, It says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Do we really understand the gravity of the fact that we carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body? When you, when you carry around the death of Christ, you're given life. Um, I, I think those of us that have taken... And I, carry on. Um, those of us that have taken advantage of the, the patience of Christ in the past, 
are in this new season, and um, I don't think we're immune from from testing. I, I would almost say, um, and you won't find this in the Bible, this is Jonathan's opinion, that in this season that we're in now as the mature and the faithful, that if you are not being pressed right now, you should really reflect on why that is. We should almost, not almost, we should take joy personally, not outwardly, but we should take joy in the fact that we're being pressed and and we feel perplexed and these things are going on because it means that the Lord's doing something. If if you're sitting in here today and say, oh man, I hate that for all these people around me. Things are just going super easy for me right now. Um, (laughs) I would definitely be asking myself, hmm, why? Why is that? Am I not a threat? Um, So so what do we do with this? Um, What we do is we understand what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. And then what we what we do as a member of the body of Christ moving forward. So Romans 12, uh, I'll break it into a few pieces. The, the first part is about a living sacrifice. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will notice in here it says um who who is it that should test and approve that god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will it doesn't say insert your spiritual father here it says for you to do it so the days of relying on our spiritual fathers to determine god's will for our life those days are over we have to be mature enough that we can get counsel and, and we can ask for support in prayer. But if we aren't at a place that we can test what God's perfect will is for our lives, then we need to find that level of, of maturity. The next thing that it says is, um, in the next passage, is about humble service in the body of Christ. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Another version of the scripture says, um, according to your measure of faith. And that's something that I think Sam's going to unpack for us tonight uh, about faith and, and what that really means. He and I have had numerous conversations over the last six months about this and do not miss tonight if, if you can avoid it. Um, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If, it's, if it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
In this season, we have to humble ourselves and be mature enough to know what our gifts are and how they add to the body. I, I made a note here. Here's a news flash for some people. You don't make up the entire body on your own. You, you, you don't get to say, I have every gift. When, when we go through and, and it lists these things, you notice there's an if before each one. If your gift is, if your gift is, if your gift is, not because your gift is, and, and you have all of them. Um, we're in a season where you have to hear from the Lord on where you get your authority and in what relationships you should exercise that authority. We are in a season where you have to hear from the Lord on where you get your authority and in what relationships you should exercise that authority. The Lord doesn't need our help. And if we'll recognize that, then he can actually use us. The days of elevating ourselves for the good of the body, my air quotes, those days are over. The lack, um, this lack of humility, be, humility would be no different than me going to um, Valerian Galena and saying, let me tell you about the perse- persecution of the Christians in Ukraine because I've been reading a lot about it. I mean, I just feel like I really have some insight because of all everything I've been reading. Well, that's ridiculous, right? I should be going to them when it comes to a feeling of persecution because I, living in the United States of America, we don't know what persecution for our faith is. We don't have the foggiest idea what it means to literally put your life on the line for what you believe or we might go to some liberal part of the united states and you know people boo hiss because you aren't willing to say that every religion's the same and all gods are i mean that's nothing compared to what many members of the body here that are are, are from foreign countries that that they go through on a daily basis um I think one thing when it comes to deciding where you are in the body of Christ and, and, and what your gifting is, is you, you need to really at this point, I hate to say it, but you should know in your heart, you, you should know what your gifts are. Um, and what I appreciated about this conference is I really feel like we're getting the, the mature together. And it's like when when you refine gold and you, you take the dross off the top and it gets purer and purer as you go, um, I, I don't know that we ever want to be okay with losing people. But the reality is, if we would have had this meeting a year ago, there would have been twice as many people in this room. So I feel quite confident that if you're in this room, you're in this room for a reason. And you're in this room because you know you're a hand and not a foot. You're aware of, of your place in the body, 
And I think my encouragement for you is in this new season is, is to live in that area that you've been given. Don't live in somebody else's area. And I feel like if you can look back now in your mind and say, you know what, I need a path forward um, to live in this season that we're in, that might mean that you have to go back and apologize to somebody for the past. Um, how many times have we been together as a group and various groups and Sam has set up and set, stood up and said, look, I, I wasn't your physical father that abused you. I wasn't the generation that stole something from you, but I'd like to stand in their place and ask your forgiveness. Well, he does that because he wants to cut off the past so that we can move forward. So my encouragement to you would be in those instances where it's brought to your mind when I said that immediately, yeah, I, I really was claiming authority in somebody's life. I didn't have authority to claim it in, or I was, um, saying that, you know, I was going to Valerian Galena and saying, let me tell you about, you know, the, the lack of humility, the opposite of humility. Those might be instances where you need to go back and say, I need you to forgive me for that um, because I want to take up my place in the body, and that wasn't my place. Um, and, and maybe that's not the case for you, but, but if it is, that, that would be my, my encouragement. So, the last piece of this scripture is uh, love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay another evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written... It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, Early on in my uh, current business, I've owned businesses my whole life, um, but this is probably the first business that I've owned that uh, I was 100% submitted to whatever it is the Lord had for me. Um, It's the first business that I I still wake up at 5 every morning and go to business, but in the past I was waking up at 5 every morning to go do what I could do to make it successful. Um, Still hard work. Um, There's still trials, but the reality is I do it now for a a different reason. Early, early in the start of this business, um, I had uh, maybe two employees, and, and I was the guy physically out doing the work, and had a, had this couple of guys from Lubbock come by my terminal, and they um, said, man, you know, we just feel like the Lord brought us here. Uh, I mean, I don't know your belief system, but we just believe the Lord opened certain doors, and 
uh, we really want to get into trucking. We're not interested in your terminal business, but is there a way we could work together and, and you know, maybe share knowledge? We, we could haul things for you, whatever. And so, okay, well, th- this is interesting. So long story short, we go down this path. I help these guys get set up with some of the service companies, Halliburton and some groups that I work with. And um, we were supposed to consummate a transaction. And the day that we were supposed to sign everything, they disappear. And, and I can't get a hold of them. And next thing I know, about two days later, my, one of my employees brings a newspaper article. And it says that they are opening a competing terminal to mine that you could throw a rock and hit. And they'd taken all the knowledge and the contacts and everything and and gone and started that. Well, you know, at the time, there were three of us total starting a new business. And, I mean, I was mad, mad. And every morning, I'd be, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning driving to work and just seething. And on my way to work one morning, the Lord said, as clear as day, I have a, everybody's relationship with the Lord is different. Mine is very black and white. I, I never have any thought of, I wonder if that was the Lord saying that. Um, he said, um, you're going to pray for their business. <laughs> and I thought, um, am I? And uh, so... <laughs> I went and and told the guys, I said, you know what, we're not going to get worked up over this every day. This isn't going to be a topic of conversation. In fact, I'm praying that their business will be successful. Fast forward, um, about six months ago, um, I now have a business, um, been blessed, that we're, we're the largest independent transloader in the United States by any stretch of the imagination you want to use and I acquired all their businesses this company um, that that did this and I acquired them at pennies on the dollar because the Lord took care of it not because I went out and disparaged these guys and told everybody in the world how they'd done me wrong or anything else I prayed for their business until I felt like I wasn't supposed to pray for it anymore and year, it took years, and years later, that, that's what, what happened. Um, so, so what are we called to do as the functioning body of Christ? The Great Commission hasn't changed. So if we feel like we're all here together and we come to these because we're enlightened and we don't, we're, we're better than the people that go to First Baptist or First Methodist or Gateway Church or take your pick, then we've missed the boat. We didn't find some freedom in Christ to just sit around here and, and think that we're better than the people that aren't as enlightened as we are. What we're called to do is function as the body of Christ and to share our faith with others. That hasn't changed. The ultimate goal is that we we need to be sharing everything about our lives with others so that they feel drawn in to to what it is that we're a part of, which is the the body of Christ. Um, We had an interesting situation a a couple weeks ago 
my wife and I have a uh, home out in California, and the little circle that we live on, um, not many people live there full-time. They're all um, beach at Second Beach homes. And one of the couples that's a few doors down, uh, he's a Hollywood producer, and if, if I said their names, um, you would know his wife. She's been on TV quite a bit. And uh, we have just become very fast, very good friends. And the interesting thing, uh, the other night, my brother-in-law Ty and I uh, were with them out in California, and she leans over to me, the wife does, and says, when we first met you guys, I, we just didn't know what to think. You know, you, you seem like you had this perfect family, and your wife homeschools the kids, and, you know, we didn't know how, how to interact. You know, we live in Hollywood and this fast lifestyle, and we were afraid to cuss around you. And um, she said, but I don't know why we're so drawn to you, but I feel like we'll be lifelong friends. And, and that's what it's about. I, I didn't. Suzanne nor I, either one, have ever gone to him and said, um, you know, have, have you given your life to Christ? <laughs> Maybe that day comes. Hopefully that day comes. But the fact of the matter is we're just being a part of the body and doing what it is that we feel like the Lord calls us to do. And, in fact, you can see the progression of a relationship. I think it was last weekend. Suzanne and I were again out in California, and we went to their house and the Hollywood Hills there, and, and we were sitting on their back patio talking, and the conversation moved from politics to religion, and um, the, the wife started kind of giving their background, and she said, you know, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church till my parents divorced, and then we became Episcopalian, a Lutheran, and, um, and then, you know, her husband, she said, you know, he's Jew-ish, um, <laughs> So, so, so what she was, what she was saying in, in essence is we don't really have any one thing that we prescribe to, but let me tell you about this podcast that I listened to and how enlightened this lady seemed. And, and that led to a conversation about, um, the husband saying, you know, my wife just feels, she feels like because she was born into a certain family that, that she has a duty to, to these family members, even when it's an unhealthy relationship. And I keep trying to tell her that, you know, that isn't the case. And it all kind of came full circle for me at that point because my father that I mentioned earlier in the conversation, um, I finally got to the point and was talking to Sam that I had to cut that relationship off. I was no longer going to be abused as an adult and let my children think that that's okay. And the, the thing that Sam told me is he said, T tell me what it says in the Bible uh, about what children should do. And I said, obey your parents. And he said, and what are adults to do? He says, honor your father and mother. And the way you honor them is the way you live your life. They get honor from that whether they deserve it or not. It doesn't say that you have to have that 
relationship with them, the relationship they want you to have with them. You just have to show them honor through the way you live. And I was able to share those same things with our friends there in California. And I said, a very wise man once said to me, <laughs> and I, I was able to share those things. And that's the functioning of the body. I've lived it. I can share it. If you've lived it, I hope you share it. So I'll leave you with this. The best part of Romans 12 is be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Thank you.